you. Are now about to witness the awesome crushing might of the U.S. Robinson Show Stop Welcome my friends Is that working? Hold on, there you go To a show that apparently seemingly sort of never kind of ends I don't know what kind of studio you think this is, but this is the showstopper studios where I got to use fingers to indicate six, four, six. Anyway, uh, the show is about the death of John Jones combined with the rebirth of John Jones, UFC, uh, and maybe I'll get into the sexiness of the 50 plus year old woman, which is going to be last week's topic. But I'll get to that maybe at the end of this if I have time. Cogent argument being made. But we got a lot of stuff to go through with USADA. Let's let Bob Riley kick us off. Stigmata. Intro. All of Nothing. The name of the song. From the record Calling of the Just out on Revelation Records. Huntington Beach, California. Still online where they hit your car with a hammer. And Bob Riley with the words that say it all. But I could not see so clear. I'm taking a real good look at your face. So being paid back in full always, nothing. Oh, I don't know what happened, but the lights went out. The poster didn't fall, but the lights went out. You know what happened? I'll tell you what happened. I blew a fuse because I got tired of sitting in this freezing room, and uh, uh, but we're stuck because I'm not stopping the fucking show. One monkey don't start no show. Uh, so, fuck it. Actually, is that unprofessional? Why don't you tweet me and tell me if it's unprofessional to do the show in the fucking dark? Uh, uh, at Eugene S. Robinson. You know what? I can't stand it. Hey, why don't you come with me and you can see the rest of the room? Kid Nate came and we did the. Uh, uh, and we did the. Uh, oh. Uh, let's see. Hold on. Hold on. Ah. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Okay. I think he was shocked and appalled. Not quite the ghetto enclave he expected, but not quite the swank James Bond <laughs> spread that he 
was hoping. Anyway, okay, so now we're, we're back with the light. That's licked. Um, so the UFC, man, oh, man, a Chevitz. I got slaughtered again. For those who are slightly compelled and interested in following what happens on uh, on uh, the Carol Care preview, got two right, two right. But you know, uh, it's a look. They're two, two. Sorry, 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 sorry. There are two types of wrong. And uh, if loving you is right, I don't want to be wrong. This instance, um, somebody asked me, "Do you feel pretty depressed?" I go, "Gotta understand one thing." I'm too broke to gamble, so it's bragging rights. I'm not losing cash, but more important to me than that, that you know, my analysis and uh, you know my my faves win is that I see a good fight. The kick that the drug offers is worthwhile to me if I feel like it's operating at the top of its range. If it's operating subpar and I got eight fights that are going to split decisions. You know, I, I, I'm not happy. That's not why I got in the sport. That's not why I'm here. But I, uh, I, I'm, I'm off topic. I'm off topic. I was thrown for a loop by the uh, by the uh, fucking lights that went out. So let's get right to it. And and you know, I'm going to have to talk about Johnny Abone Ajone. Um, and I, I found something pretty compelling. One of the things that I found super compelling. Um for UFC 232, and this comes from, let's call him, I don't know that he wants his, his business off in the street, let's call him the R-Man. He actually was sending uh, me uh, DMs from the floor in Los Angeles, and one thing that was, I finally got the, the audio to work, one thing that I think was fairly noteworthy, and this is no no surprise, I mean, people have heard this before, but... um when Johnny Boney Joni started with a genius song, the remix with a uh, uh, Queen's "We Are the Champions," you know, I've uh, my sentence, but I've committed no crime. The 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 probably I, I've only seen two other more successful walk-ins, and that was some guy at a regional show down in Lemoore, California, who came out to "Smooth Operator," which I lifted when I did that Vice Land Vice's Fight Land piece about what my walkout music would be. Because I saw how the crowd was transformed. This guy came out the smooth operator and dude was thinking multi-level chess. He was like, I may win this fight. I may lose this fight. But what's more important to me, most specifically, is that I get laid tonight. And I could see that the guy, guy you know, fights come and go. But I'm, I'm looking for the mother of my children. He came out the smooth operator and everybody was all the women were like, oh, and he he looked the role too. It it worked it worked for him. Um, it, Mike Tyson walking into Madison Square Garden to uh, welcome to the Terror Dome, Terror Dome, Terror Dome at the height of Mike Tyson's uh, uh, fearsomeness. And the opening line for those who didn't know, who knows? Uh, but I've got so much trouble on my mind. The other guy, had, I don't remember who he was fighting, had to come out in this gaily festooned silk robe with you know gold filigree on it and tyson came out and like uh, you know uh black shoes black shorts uh sweat sweatshirt hoodie and a towel over his head and when that fucking first line drops i got so much trouble on my mind it was a perfect fucking mating between between intent ideology focus form and function it was 
in short, a perfect moment. So, you know, uh, he asked, he, you know, bringing community elements in. Johnny Boney Joni asked prior to the fight, what do you think? Uh, what do you think uh, are my walking music should be? And of course, the internet said, this is my chance to show everybody how funny I can be. And, and you know, and of course, he opened himself up for it. I'm not shitting on people who, uh, who, who, who had a bit of fun at his expense. He, he's, you know, he's a cat's paw. That's what he's being used for. You fuck up, you got to deal with it. He doesn't have to pay attention to it. But, you know, like I said, you can't deny the Germans a moral imperative, but you can't stop the aggrieved parties from complaining about World War II and the Holocaust and the death of, you know, six million of European Jews. Uh, they can complain about that forever. Twelve million total forever. That's 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 what the Germans have earned. Can they have a moral imperative? Yes, they can. Can Johnny Boney Joni? Can he? You know, when people are sentenced to crimes, which is a, a functioning line of the or the song, the Queen song that he used, and they serve their time. Very frequently, they're not forgiven anyway. Michael Vick, you know, people dog killer. You can kill one dog, and then they. You know, I have sort of sympathies, given especially that Popeye has just passed on. You know, but I can understand that. How long? I mean, this kicks in in regards to them talking about prison rape. You get busted for a bunch of weed, get thrown in jail. Should rape be part of your sentence? And Republicans typically will say, oh, well, you know, it's not supposed to be summer camp. Yeah, man. But, you know, I had fucking five joints here and now I'm being passed from cell to cell. Do you think that that punishment fits that crime? Even the devil cares about that. Punishment crime should match. So in this instance, Johnny Boney Joni opens himself up. He says, you know, and he's building community involvement. And part of it is, I'm going to choose to be the goat, the Judas goat in this instance. I'll carry the sins of the community on my back, even because I've willed it on myself. Fine. That's fine. So people had their fun. But in, in true John, Johnny Boney Joni-esque fashion, he was four about three or four steps ahead. Because he didn't just pick that song out of his fucking head. It's not like somebody said that to him DM. He goes, hey, yeah, slap that up on there on the turntable. No, that's not what happened. He had a plan. Yeah, I want to see. And it was a perfect mating form function. You know, it was perfect. I've, I've served my sentence, but I've committed no crime. There's no bed of roses. You know, is it woe is me? Statement statement of intent. It's all about my place in space. And he comes out, and now the R man is sitting there in, in the forum or whatever, Staples Center, I don't remember whatever the hell it was in L.A., and he's filming this off of his phone. And never, ever... Well, yeah, there, there's, there are a couple of other times. I don't want to say never. I'm, it's hyperbole. But um, he he comes out, and they're resounding boos. Now, I didn't, I didn't go to the wine bar, and uh, I didn't go to my, my, my friend Alex's house. Went up north to watch sports agent extraordinaire Salvatore Russo's place. So I could hear, and on TV... Somewhere between the mouths of the people in the audience and the microphones and the feet, the satellite feed, there was some sweetening. Couldn't I, I, I could I a beat them, listen to it, and then I played off my phone what was sent to me from somebody who was there. The boos were extant, but you got to understand Henry Rollins at a certain point 
had made this weird turn when he was with Black Flag. And there had been based way back, the little Ramones, who I consider them and, and the Stooges, one of the original punk rock bands. I mean, there were people, you know, that black band, Pure Hell, there were people doing, you know, versions of what would have been considered punk rock, but it didn't start to congeal until the Ramones. The Ramones didn't have any of this at all. It was the Sex Pistols who kind of introduced this weird antipathy. I spit on you, you spit on me. We're kind of a teenage gross out fest. And Rollins at a certain point, you know, kind of realize the sacrificial nature. If you read uh, Rene Girard's book, Violence in the Sacred, talks about, the, you know, we have periodic sacrificial crises by which somebody we, in a communal sense, elect a Judas goat to carry the sins of the community. This person is slaughtered and somehow mitigates the, you know, uh, the, 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 the crisis. And we as a society can then, then, then move on again. I'm not trying to say that Johnny Boney Joni is a messianic figure. I'm just telling you how people think this sometimes works. So Rollins at a certain point went from being, you know, kind of a muscly skinhead guy on stage to having long hair and taking lots of acid. Don't tell me he didn't. Don't tell me the straight edge shit. I know. How do I know? Well, that's on a later show. I know. And with that came this kind of kind of free-floating perception of himself of, as a different person, as a different role, uh, in a different role as a front man. And he started taking abuse. And it, it began with him sort of having a mini nervous breakdown on stage at the Freezer Theater in Detroit. And he, he had fallen, his knee was fucked up, he had injured his knee, he had fallen at the front of the stage, and he just went fetal. And people were like, first trying to rock him, and then some wag in the audience thought it'd be funny to hit him. And once it was, it was perceived that he would not respond negatively to the hitting, then it became a Nathaniel West, Day of the Locust type deal. People spit on him, they hit him, and this became a part of, uh, there's one clip of Henry hitting some guy in the face uh, with a microphone. And that guy had grabbed his junk. So he went through this thing, he's like, and then even recently he's continued this, this really uncomfortable video where he's in some record store and he's like, oh, here it comes, here it comes. It's like, nobody's watching you Rockwell people. It was just some college girl barista who wanted to say, hey, you're Henry Rollins, you know? He's always calling me a sellout. What? You feel guilty about this. Do you think if I started driving a Mercedes Benz, anybody would give a fuck? How long was Eugene fucking whining about poverty? And stealing sauerkraut to eat because he had no other food. People would be happy. And if they weren't happy, they could go fucking chomp on my nuggets. But I go far afield. So he comes out. Johnny Boney Joni specifically comes out resounding booze, which are sweetened, subsequently sweetened uh, on the production truck. Somehow it didn't come across that way on TV. And he comes, he comes to the cage. Now I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take a jink here. And I, I find, I find there is litmus is the word that comes to mind. And I've been fairly neutral on Johnny Boney Joni. Yes. I've interviewed him. I've written an article about him for Vogue men. Talk to Malky and him. Still have the still have it on tape. My iTunes. I can play it now in the background, not face to face on the phone. He, if I walked up to him, he has, doesn't know me from Adam. 
but I think I've got I've got an understanding. And somebody, some one of you commenters got me thinking down this road. He was like, "Let me just ask you rhetorically," and he started naming a bunch of a bunch of fighters, and you don't know what the connection is as he's naming these fighters, and he gets about six or seven fighters deep, and then you realize, oh, these are all fighters who have been popped for steroids, like actual steroids. Nothing pico about it. Clearly, you know, syringe injected. I am syringe injected in the fatty tissue of the ass. Got it. Okay. And he mentions it seven deep before I, I kind of pause. And then, and then I go, before he gets to his point, and he goes, people seem to have given them a pass. It's funny, isn't it? And I'm ahead of you. I'm ahead of you in this. Now, the simpletons amongst you right now will go, oh, Eugene, oh, you're going to pull a race card. No, I'm not. I haven't pulled any card yet, in actual fact. I'm just looking at things as they lay. Chad Mendez, dirty. You know, Jake Ellenberg, dirty. Uh, Just going down the list of dirty. And that's before I even get to the puffy nipples. Now, you do realize gyno is naturally occurring, right? Some guy could naturally have gyno. Uh, there are plenty of, you know, typically prepubescent boys going from prepubescence to pu- puberty who sometimes uh, ha- have gyno, you know. Their bodies are growing, the hormones are up and down, there's craziness, they don't know, and the nipples are puffy. Uh, men, as they get older, you know, what they call andropause, where their body's producing less testosterone and the, the levels are all over the place, sometimes have puffy nipples. And now they ingraciously call them man boobs. Yeah, it's like not to get a guy cuts back on beer and does push-ups. He's going to get rid of those things. The hormones are going crazy. So he mentions all these people who have actually gotten popped, and then and then even the suspect ones, and uh, and you realize there's not been this collective level of vitriol regarding their crookedness. There's been not the death or the dearth of of honesty, integrity, where is this sport going? The bleeding and the chest beating has been totally absent with these others. And then I started thinking about Barry Bonds and Vic Conti. Barry Bonds was an A number one prick. If you listen to a few shows ago, I talk about the, the wealthy guy I know who has an apartment in the same building that, that Bonds does. He has a large Indian family and they had some kind of holiday gathering and he kind of sees Bond lurking outside with his little dog's this little dog, like kind of looking in, like, and of course he he's, he just says, "Hey, you want to come on in?" He goes, "Yeah." Nobody there recognized him because they were all of a certain, like, kids who don't know, teenagers who don't know, or older people over forty who don't know, don't follow baseball. So the guy who let him in knew, and one other person knew, and he was just happy to be around people. It's like I don't feel sorry for this guy. He said, oh, "I felt so sorry for him." He's outside Barry Bonds with his little dog. Barry Bonds was a prick. His teammates hated him. He didn't have the love of the people. That's, that comes from that Romanian bodybuilder I know. I asked, did you win? He goes, the love of the people. He didn't win, uh, Emrick was his name. Didn't win the show, but he won the love of the people. And, and so, you know, he hated steroids. You know, steroids were not the primary cause. It's just like the weird chip on his shoulder, the, the, the churlishness, the surliness, you know, he was an off-putting guy, whether he was your plumber, whether he was your chef, your attorney, or a baseball player. 
He was he made himself unlikable. Is there is there a historical precedent? Of course, his father Bobby Bonds got I don't know much about baseball, but got run out of town in a very similar way. So we start with that. But Johnny Boney Joni presents a very different thing. As far as I can tell, he was nice to me. He's been nice to quite a few other people. He's got his detractors, but he also has fans. So all you're left with is, you know, you got the Rashad Evans introducing him to the world. He's fake. You don't know he's fake. He's fake. He's fake. And then you've got DC owning that, Daniel Cormier owning it, H-O-N-I-N-G, like sharpening a knife, saying, you know, this guy, he's a fraud. He's a this and that. And, and, and. And that's a critique. It's a one critique that may or may not be causally connected to performance enhancing drugs. Now, there's a, is a story connected to the USADA thing, fishy. Well, he said he had to he had to go all out. This is what you do when you are trying to, you know, the, the whole Judas goat thing. You you can't say no. Well, what about Vada wants tissue? Okay. What if we test you nine times? Okay. I, we want to test you. Okay, no more hiding under under the cage. Just, okay, test me as much as I realize. Like in Clockwork Orange, he goes. Now this is the sad and weepy part of our tale. Yeah, if you haven't had one of those moments in your life where you have like the sad and weepy, I've been involved in one for the last decade. This is the sad and weepy part where I've been waiting to get my hand on that rock so I can stop saying "nice doggy." Hasn't happened yet. Hand is close. Hasn't happened yet. He's already, he already done been there, had the hand and the rock, but suddenly there are a bunch of people around him with rocks going, you fucked up, you fucked up. He goes, okay, I'm going to throw myself on the mercy of the court, which he's fairly clearly done. But still, as far as I can see, the crime is disproportionate to the punishment that we're asking him to pay. I'm not, this is not debatable in my mind. You look at these others and, and I don't see the same level of vitriol. And there are a lot of people who have been popped for obvious and aggressive things. So let's just say it's one of the reasons, not the top reason. What's the top reason? Well, you know what? The spear point's going to take a lot of abuse. You're at the top. Things are going to get hot. You don't like it. Don't be at the top anymore. He's had a taste of that. And clearly, in the same way that Mayweather has had a taste of retirement and decides, we me, me no like. He's decided, you know what? If the price of getting back is that I got to put up with a little fucking internet jib-jab, fine. Otherwise, I'm sitting at home shuffling around trying to remember to put out the garbage on Tuesday. But the people, the detractors, I don't believe... I don't believe all of the heaving connected to the sanctity of the sport. Where What happened to the sanctity of the sport when they're killing divisions? You realize D-Man introduced it moments after last week's show was over. He said, you, Eugene, of all people, I, I'm shocked that you haven't seen this. This is to drum up fucking interest in the fight, sell tickets. And indeed, when you got Joe Rogan, company guy, falling on the side of Johnny Boney Joni, they wanted to create they wanted to create news around the event. You got Khabib, who's accusing uh, uh, McNuggets 
and the UFC of having fabricated the whole bus thing, something I said quite early on. And suddenly it jives with what the D-man has said, like, okay, now Lesnar, Cormier, eh, mediocre levels of interest, you know, Gustafson and Johnny Jr. Bonnie too, that we got to do something to get it back. You know how much free publicity we gave them last week? You know how much free publicity was earned? You do realize the gate, the actual tickets in and asses in the seat and what vague, this is minor, 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 minor. For many of us who were not in attendance, the effect was totally occult. If they hadn't have told me it wasn't in Vegas, I wouldn't have known. But it generated a lot of fucking ink, so to speak. And when you fuck up, you make your, this is the whole thing about probation and parole. When you fuck up, you open yourself to that. You want to you wanna know a guy who didn't fuck up? Teddy Streleski, Stanford mathematics PhD student who claw hammered his professor to death. They tried to release him from prison the first time and they go, okay, these are the conditions on your parole. He goes, oh, oh, oh what would you mean conditions? They said, well, if you're on parole, you got to do this. You got to do, uh, you know what? No, no, no. What, I don't want those conditions. One of the conditions was that he never returned to Stanford. I will not abide by those conditions. So I'm going to serve out the entirety of my sentence, which was 11 years. I think he got involuntary manslaughter, diminished capacity, some such. So when I go out, there is no connection between you and me anymore. Now, if he gets stopped, tickets and cops can see that he's got priors, but he doesn't have to report to a parole officer or yeah, parole officer. He's not, I'm, 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 I am unfucked from your system. Until you get unfucked from that system, you got to play along. Johnny Boney Joni knows that. So he he squared himself. He squared, whatever you guys got to do, I don't know that they came. I mean, this is a nature conspiracy. I don't know that they came to him and said, listen, we got to drum up. We got to get some interest. We're going to read. I don't know he need to. People think, oh, conspiracy. How are you going to? You don't need to get everybody to put in a fix. And anybody who knows anything about professional sports has seen that. When they fix a basketball game, they don't pay off five guys on each side, plus the coach, plus a, just one guy. Easier to do in the fight in the fight setting. But you don't even have to share it with that guy. Johnny Boy and Johnny is so out of the, the loop in terms of knowing what's going on around him that powerful forces congeal, break apart, recongeal, and he doesn't know what's going on. But when you got a Joe Rogaine and Novitsky and Andy Foster and, and the bald one siding with you, what they're trying to avoid is a dolly through the glass window of the bus of this fight. We want to create a little agita, but not so much that it imperils the fight. Move it to Vegas, little agita, creators it. We got the heat, we got the press, we got the interest. You know, when he turned his back on MMA press, I'm talking about the bald one, it was left with mainstream press. TMZ is not interested in just a UFC. Salon is not interested in just the UFC. Vox, not just in the UFC. Rolling Stone, not just in the... But a news story, now they're interested. And if you go through Google News or all Apple News, all of a sudden, UFC, there's a Joe's, there's a USADA. It's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. I don't buy it for a fucking second. I don't buy... Oh, we're going to increase the testing 4,000. You know what? The reality of it is we should be okay with paradox. Will we have a 100% drug-free fight game ever? No. Like we will never have a 100% drug-free America? No, it's not going to happen. 
So what's an acceptable, what, what percentage variance would make you feel comfortable? Well, I don't know, maybe 17%. I just plucked that number out of the, out of, out of the air. 17% of the fighters get who use, and I don't know if you talk about total numbers, 17% who are using get caught. Or maybe hold it the other way, don't get caught. So it means 17% have an unfair advantage. DC is making the claim that Johnny Boney Joni has had this every single time. So what's the likelihood of the 17 who don't get caught that it was John, the upper tier guy like a Johnny Boney Joni has managed to, for 100% of his fights, 17% of the time, not been caught? Say unlikely. So that slips down the list of concerns about why I might not like jo- the litmus test about Johnny Boy Jody. I think it's it's alpha action. Sorry. I'm sorry. The guy is affable. Got He's got a certain amount of fucking personality. You can't tell me he's not affable. If you got a choice between hanging out with him and Cody Garbrandt, who do you choose? Don't fuck it up. He's affable. Seems like a nice guy to hang out with. You know he likes to party. Handsome. I'm not one of those guys who feels uncomfortable defining another man as handsome. I know objectively whether a guy is not handsome or not. Is he more handsome to to me than me? Well, that might be a problem. No. I can understand how some people might believe he is more handsome than me, but not to me. But I recognize, game recognizes game. He's a handsome guy. He's personable, got a gift of gab, affable, friendly seeming kind of guy when he's not trying to take your head off your body, likes to party. Seems like a, you know in your heart of hearts that you'd rather hang out with him than, than, than DC. DC is the friend that you have that's, you know, he, he's a friend, which means your peers, but he's giving you advice that you don't really, you know, I don't need to know I shouldn't have another shot right now. I got you. You know, you're not telling me something I don't know. You're my friend. Ride with me. I'm not asking you to die with me. Just ride with me. And then beyond that, unlike Tim Sylvia swooping on Amber as I'm trying to make some time at a post-fight press conference, maybe you get the sneaking sense that if you were actually taking that extra step and hanging out with Johnny Boney Joni, the guy might swoop on your fucking lady. You're like, look, I don't need the competitive pressure. You know, kind of fuck that guy. Kind of how I feel about uh, uh, Matt Dillon. You didn't expect that, did you? Matt Dillon used to hang out in the hardcore scene in New York City, and uh, he was hanging out with this friend of mine, and she slept with him. She says, oh, he's such a great guy. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really care. I wasn't interested in sleeping with Ann myself. But... Uh, yeah, I don't. He's a great guy. Yeah, yeah, he's good. No, he's funny. Yeah, yeah, okay, he's funny. Yeah, he's smart. Yeah, 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 he's smart. Oh my god, and he fucks so well, and his dick is so big. You know what? That's it. I don't want to know how big Matt Dillon's dick is and how well he fucks this rich fucking guy who's never worked a day in his life, who's got it all. I'm sorry, I gotta fucking draw the line. You fucking push me to it. You could have just said I had a great time with the guy. Now I got these particulars in my head, and now I got to deal with that. I got to thank God for giving everybody else so much and me so little. 
Well, you know, probably his dick is not bigger than mine. I don't care, but I tell you what is his bank account. He's not sitting somewhere working on a budget now. He's not thinking about nickels. He didn't just pay for a toll with quarters that he's been saving for months. I did. But you know what? I'm man enough to realize that as it goes, some people have their time. And personally, I'm just trying to be ready. Does it happen before I die? I hope so. May it, will it not ever happen? It may not. This is the thing. This is the one thing where the incel movement, I, I think, has got people, got people's heads in the right spot because it's embraced this idea that I think to, to, to properly and correctly evaluate love, you have to accept the fact that it might not happen for you. If it happens for everybody, as far as I'm concerned, it's a it's a biological fucking affectation. But if it is if it is these higher flown spiritual things, these amorphous things, is you know kismet and luck and chance and and the the invisible hand of the divine somehow coming in and bing, you know, if it's eros, if it's cupid, if it's cherubim, if it's somehow if it's not just biology, it's some magical thing kicks in, you have to embrace that it may not happen to you. Now, you can make a good tactical decision and say, I'm going to partner with this person and we are going to build a life together because I've looked at the spreadsheet of their existence and it seems to me like it ma this makes sense. Seems to me like it makes sense. They like fondue. I like fondue. You know, the whole... I think I can make this work from a strategic, tactical point of view. That's not love. But you can call it love because we need to. Incel has accepted the fact that it might not happen for me. And I think everybody would be healthier if you realize it might not happen. I may not have my moment in the sun before I fucking died. But at least I was as ready as ready could be on any given moment if the worm turned in my favor. And you got a guy like Johnny, Johnny Boney Joni, and the worm turns in his favor. And that makes us feel bad if we deep down think, I, I don't think I'm going to make it. Because certainly that's what did one of, that was a number one thing that did in Gustafson. The number one fucking thing. instinctively in his heart of, I mean, I always say if a guy's beat you before, you got to deal with that shit lurking around in your soul. I don't think that was the issue. I think the disqualifying issues were lurking around in his head. He's like, Johnny Boney, Johnny's got his head full. This USADA thing has been distracting him. The USADA thing only hit about five days ago, bro. He's been training for a long time. He's been looking past me. He's not taking me seriously. I've been working on my boxing. I'm going to you didn't go macro. He stood in that cage post-fight and went macro. We watched film. Jones had figured out what to do and was doing it before I could articulate what it was that was being done. He's had a he's had a he's had a historical bent for for doing that. Which, in other words, like at one point, uh, I was talking to Danny Acosta. We were backstage at the Strike Force, the post-fight presser, and uh, uh, Nick Diaz was talking about having beat somebody, and he's like, "I beat him at boxing. I think he beat the Hawaiian cat 
who never made it to the UFC. I can't, whose name I can't, who is, who was, they got into a fight in the park a lot with his father. I can't remember the guy's name, something with a K. And, uh, and he was like, I beat him standing up. And then Danny Garcia goes, yeah, I beat him standing up. I beat him. I could beat him at blackjack. I could beat him at, at checkers. I could beat him at jacks. I could beat him at skip, skip, just going down all the ways. Johnny Boney Jr. has had a big touch of that. Big touch of it. He said, his first words to DC were, I bet I could take you down. What are you saying? As good as you are, I think I'm better. I think I'm better. I think I'm better. That's what gets me out of bed in the morning. That's why I'm still competing in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That's why I'm still doing music. That's why I'm still involved in the process of creation. Ex nihilo. Taking out of nothing, taking something and creating things of not lasting value, at least that are lasting. Or at least as any as, as much as anything's going to last on this plane. I think I'm better. I... I I might deserve that moment in the sun. I might never get it, but I think I'm as ready at any given moment, like Albert Speer said about Nazi architecture. He says, we want these buildings to look as good in decline, like ancient Rome, as they did the day they were built. A sort of constancy as well. I don't want to be as great as I was at 30, at 56, but I want to be the best 56-year-old. I mean, the benefits are obvious and accrue to me. I want to be as good, as good as I can be for any given moment. It may never happen for me. The incel credo. It may the incel said because it may never happen. I'm fucking out. Fuck you in your game. I'm out. Something I respect as well. I'm not. We. There's a band that used to be called the Clip Boys, and they had a song. We won't play the game. We won't play the game. Some guy comes into the club. They were playing support for us. He goes, "Who are these guys?" I said, I don't know, but they don't play the game. I mean, I knew who they were. I was just having fun at their expense. Johnny Boney Joni makes it, takes our minds to existential issues, and we can distract ourselves by talking about USADA, talking about drugs. But when the fight is concluded and he stand there in front of that microphone, all of the right notes were hit. Part of it was that his father was there. I have a friend who's a who's a big rock and roll star who uh I, I met um on I um hmm, let's see how I can talk about this. He's a big rock and roll star and uh this porn star who I used to hang out with was like, "Oh, you know him? I know him too. He used to date my roommate." I go, "Oh, your your roommate must be pretty hot." She goes, "Well, yeah, if you like leather leather guys with lots of tattoos and muscles, and I was like, oh, whoa, no, no, no. They were probably working on some project together. And she's like, she just looked at me like like she used to say when people would say, are your tits real? They're like fucking 52 DD. What do you mean are they real? She goes, they're as real as you want them to be. If you want to stay on that side of the curtain, never look behind the curtain, and that makes life better for you, then they are totally real. If you want to believe that your rock and roll friend, you know, your rock, and roll, rock star friend, is working on a project late at night when I'm in the room next door, I could hear through the wall. People are like, well, why is it the guy just come out of the closet? He can't be concerned about fucking record sales. Nobody makes money on record sales anymore. People still come to his show. You know, the dude from Judas Priest is gay. People still go to see him, but that's not it. He's traditionally hated his father 
And as long as his father lives, he will not say, doesn't want to give his old school father the satisfaction. Got to understand that. Men and their fathers, great motivating factor, under-examined because men are not communicative. How much of what I've done to stay at that functioning level of be preparedness, to, for, to grasp the moment when it comes my way, how much of that is be, as a result of having the father I had and me going, I'll show you, you fucking, I'll show you. Johnny Boney Joni, given that his father's a minister, it works differently. People go, ah, he's 40 with that, that religious mumbo jumbo. It wasn't about you. It was about his father standing four feet from him. I think it's safe to say that Johnny Boney Jr. could kick the shit out of his father, but your, your parents, they get in your head, they get those 10 talons in tight, tight. So he opens up with a Bible verse, does me culpas. He's like, I'm not going away. I'm going to stay and I'm going to, I'm on a journey and I'm going to fuck up and I fucked up and you can be with me or you can hate me. I, I understand it a hundred percent. But insofar as who owes what to whom, I gave you everything that you deserved and owed right here. Should I be asterisk? Get the fuck out of here. We said it best. He goes, you know in your heart of hearts, in DC in your heart of hearts, that what I did tonight would not have been improved at all by the use of performance-enhancing drugs. Use performance-enhancing drugs, let's call them what they are steroids very different they said chris lieben oh man that guy absorbed a lot of punishment well because he was taking painkillers opioids so he wasn't feeling anything so that it okay this was different and he laid this out gustafson came in expecting a guy who was going to want to prove something to him like before i'm going to stand in front of a boxer i'm going to outbox a boxer he's like look you know what i beat you once even given that I tried to beat you at your game, you're good enough, I got you. You weren't good enough to beat me, you lost. I got to shut this down. Do you think the fact that it was a third round was accidental? No. I think he was sending a message, if not to the actual people, to the record books. Rumble, the DC. I got to let this go another five rounds because when I said I wasn't ready before, I wasn't fucking lying to you. I have no need to lie to you. I'm just thinking aloud and Mike's happened to be there picking it up. You can disagree or not. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, I I, I had a girlfriend who people um, generally despised um, because she was tough to be with. Uh, That's me being charitable in a way. But I have to say, and I've said it many a time, she never bullshit me. She'd go out and suck a dick and come back. I say, where you been? She goes, well, I was out. I go, oh, did you have a good time? She goes, well, yeah, sort of. I sucked this guy's dick and, you know, just thought you should know. Oh, hmm. who? Uh, who? Uh, tell me. Never bullshit me, ever. She spoke another, another, her first language was another language. And so one day I see her diary sitting around. I go, ah, your diary, God, can I read it? She goes, yeah, go ahead. And so I pick it up and I start to read it. Of course, it's in the other language. I was like, oh, you got, oh, wait a minute. My name is my name no matter what. So I just scan through. I go, what are you saying here? And I'm looking her right in the eyes. And she tells me exactly what she wrote about me in this other language. 
Why do I know it was the truth? Because that shit hurt. <laughs> it fucking hurt. I go, I respected the fuck. She was not good for me. And people have come to hate her. At this point, this remove of many decades, I'm still one of her few friends. Because she never fucking, there was stuff like Hitler said, secrets we share, secrets I keep from you about future events as you know, unknown. If there was any daylight, it was about future events as uh, 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 the unknown. Never kept a secret from me. And that you have to respect. Johnny Bonigioni in my mind is in the same spot. The guy that's the guy that died, the Johnny Boney Joy that died, is the guy that's trying to do what you need him to do. The Johnny Boney Joy that lives is the guy who's 30 fucking years old and goes, I'm gonna be around. I gotta make my way. I'm not gonna retire. What the fuck am I gonna do with my life? You're seeing that shit happen in real time. And you should, I'm not saying you should appreciate it. I was almost tempted to say you should appreciate it. Then I said, Well, I'm not saying that you should necessarily. But it is what it is. So Gustafson is standing there inside, in the pocket, in the pocket, thinking I'm going to get a boxing match. And the kicks are coming. It's like, well, oh, shit. Oh, no, no, no. I hadn't planned on this at all. God damn it. And he starts working on that leg systematically, that left leg. They, it, somehow Joe switched around and said his right leg was going to be fucking. And when I say fucking like that, I'm talking about, like Sorrell. Um. And then third round, scoops down, picks it up, runs the pipe, takes him down. Hey, junior college wrestler. Wrestler gets on top of you, man. Unless your jujitsu game is up, you're done. I'm looking for him to make the moves that you would make. You know, make get, get it half. Now go deep half. Now go reestablish a guard. Now maybe get a hook in and maybe switch. Didn't happen. Now... Under normal circumstances, I would join my friends in Sweden and be sad. But, you know, he's been gifted something by, by Johnny Bonigioni. And, and he, what I said on uh, the Care Don't Care preview, which because there's no fight next week, we just went off. We didn't went rogue. We talked about the fights. And what I said is he's gifted him some executive level shit. Is he go to Gustafson and go, look, how about this? You and me will work together now. You're my executive level gatekeeper. Anybody who's talking out of pocket wants to fight me, they fight you first. That way you get your beak wet. And like you can't walk into any martial arts school and challenge the head sensei. They never do it that way. Back in the Wild West days when people were going into uh, Mountain View uh, at Half Gracie's place to challenge him to fight because they were still trying to get that Gracie $60,000, $65,000 thing. He would say, well, I'm a little tired. I've been training. Why don't you go with one of my blue belts? The blue belt in question, fucking Dave Camarillo. Or Camarillo. You get by him, then we could talk. It was, he didn't really need you to get by him. You could have tapped Dave Camarillo if that was likely, even at Blue Belt. The reality, though, was that he wanted to see what you did. They watched that film, bro. I got five inches of reach on you, Mauler. I stay a little bit back or get in so you can't use it, and you got nothing. Your wrestling is different. I'm not, I, I tried last time. Yeah, it was a good experiment. I, I got other fish to fry. So he, at the at the conclusion of the fight, he, uh, uh, so Gustafson is not in a bad position. He, the job, should he choose to accept it, is it, it accrues, he's got a, n a number of, uh, of 
of fucking fights in, in the bag. He could just be the gatekeeper, executive level. I don't think he would like to think of it this way, but that's better than going back to Stockholm going, I'm the number one loser. That's the way it should be. I'm the foot soldier for the guy. That's the guy. I'm the foot soldier for the guy. You want to get to the guy, you come through me. It's a living. I was as prepared as I was going to be. No more. That's it. Fine. Dude, beat me. Got it. Twice. I'm done. I'm going to turn around from looking at him. I understand my place in this universe, and now I'm stopping you. Uriah Hall should be in the same spot for different reasons. Uriah Hall's reasons, gifty. So anyway, I'm not going to, I'm going to, let's get to the, so, uh, so, uh, uh, so Gustafson is not in a bad place. Johnny Bonagione, he, with the Bible verse, his father four feet from him, his brother there, the family support, the booze weren't as extant. He, it was no question. No judge's decision. No, it was no protesting Gus. Gus was done. He says, so what do you want to do next? He goes, well, there's a guy running around saying that he's champ champ without beating anybody for that light heavyweight belt that I now, well, I got it back. So if he's concerned about where it is, here I am. And it was, it was masterful. Wasn't mean. His father was there. It wasn't profane. No slapping the wife's ass stuff. His father was there. Kept it clean and polite, but it did a couple of things. It minimized the significance of Lesnar, aided by Dominic Cruz, who goes, look, if Johnny Bonagione's got a, 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 a kernel of sand of Toronto ball in his system, then uh, uh, Brock Lesnar must have a brick. People are like, yeah, what do we, yeah, yeah, what's, what about that, Mr. Lesnar? Nobody's, so is the idea to go out like pro wrestling, so... So uh, a DC beats Lesnar and feel good. He, everybody knows. The jungle knows. Everybody knows. And DC, like the guy in Dirty Harry, gots to know. People are now saying, well, they watched the film. They figured out that he dips. Where you go, he dips. dips. So they capitalized out, got the kick. But I got it. I got it. Because, a.k.a., are obsessive, notorious watchers of tape as well. I don't think this is a Greg Jackson thing. His Yoda stuff, people were tweeting me during the fight, like, oh, my God, this guy with his Yoda. You are the water, the force. Okay, that's, you know what, that's Rebop. Fine. But whether it's a habit he picked up from his brothers or it's just the way he does business, Johnny Boney Johnny is watching film and paying it, and watching it with an astute eye. That fight wasn't lost on abilities. That fight was lost because he, he, he Gustafson was outfought. I mean, it's like making a deal with the devil. He said, okay, you know, devil, listen, um, I'll give you my soul, and uh, but I want a bunch of money. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's not that simple. I could be in jail and have a bunch of money. I got to be free and able to enjoy it. Okay. I got to be free and able to enjoy it and be able to traverse the globe and go anywhere I want in the globe. Like, I don't want to be locked in a trunk underneath the ocean and still be rich. I've got to be able to embrace all of what my, okay, okay. I've got to have my full physical faculties. I mean, the thing is, the kind of lawyer that you would have to be to effectively get a good deal out of the devil, there's nobody around like that. Just, Just don't. 
You want to beat Johnny Boney Joni, the key is preparation. Like they say in Apocalypse Now, we only spend a portion of our time thinking about Charlie. Charlie's in the bush 100% of his time thinking about us. Johnny Boney Joni is not thinking about us. He's thinking about something else. Not looking behind, looking at the mountaintop. Breaking records. Like whatever Tiger Woods was on before he got derailed by all that cut rate pussy, that's what he's on. Doesn't make you happier. Doesn't make you better, as we've seen from Michael Jordan's Hall of Fame speech, which I love. The anger that got him there is the anger that sustains him. It was never about being less angry. It was the fame song all over again. You'll remember my name. Genghis Khan. Remember that guy's fucking name. Uh, Bill Burr does a great piece on Hitler. It's like, man, that guy was like the Michael Jordan of evil guys. Nobody names the kids Adolf anymore. That's how bad it was. And there had to be some other people named Hitler around. They've all changed your names. That's how bad they retired his fucking number. When a guy is looking at that kind of shit, it's very hard to stop him. Somebody's like, well, people wait for him. They wait to react and then they get, they need to just come out and fly. You know what? Everybody who, most of the people who got knocked the fuck out in this in UFC 232 were advancing. They were advancing. I have nothing to say about Chris Cyborg and Amanda Nunes, except for the fact that if they're not being paid as the same, they should be. But, uh, you know, it, again, in my mind, uh, uh, Cyborg deserves a rematch. Deserve is not the strong word. Should get a rematch because her her fucking fight IQ, her tactics were, were bunk. And now let's give her the benefit of the doubt. Say I rushed into it a la Jose Aldo, who's never been a, given a chance to make that right again. I mean, I'll, I'll come in with a different strategy, and I think, I, you know, okay. But you know what you got to deal with now? You know what's in your backpack now? That first loss. You did that. Do yourself. Amanda Nunes is talking about, shout out, you know, my name across the night sky would burn like a flame flame i'm gonna live forever make you remember my name she's already there i immediately thought about ronda at home going god damn okay well i don't feel so bad then i was ducking but you know i'm also thought about jermaine randami who's got to be pretty happy now because i think jermaine would much rather fight amanda noons than cyborg we haven't seen much of Amanda on the ground enough so that, you know, a basic functioning uh, blue belt as she was when I rolled with Jermaine was maybe eight years ago as a blue belt. We were both blue belts, and I'd like to think that she's come further than that. And she wasn't bad. So I was going to say as good as me. No, but you know what? That's not, that's not the point. So, uh, so, uh, um, so, so Johnny Bonagione is what's confusing me is why he's insisting on fighting the guy in 205. And I, my, my guess is that he's doing that because 
he doesn't trust the bald one. It's completely unlike, okay, I'm going to go, if I'm going to go to heavyweight, I'm going to be heavyweight like I'm walking around before I do a 40-pound weight cut. So he gets up to whatever his walking around weight is. I've heard different stories from different people, different spies, but just say it's 235. And then suddenly he gets a call, I need you to defend. And there's, he, he, I mean, at this point now, he's realizing the uneasy detente that he's got to make with the bald one. The bald one looks at him and sees dollar signs. He looks at the bald one and he sees a guy whose worldview is knee high. But a guy who could hurt him. So, good. I'm going to stay until they call me. To make until DC realizes, like Mad Max and, and you know, you guys want to get in Road Warrior, you want to get out of here, you go through me. Until that moment, he's not pushing. He's like, I'm here at 205. You guys think about it. You move those chairs around the deck, Lesnar and DC, DC and Lesnar. Any public interest? No. Because we're Manichaeist. And we want to see that DC, not because we hate DC, not because we love John Jones, but because we understand that these are guys both who are on that fame shit. You know, they're fighting for eternity. And half these people whose names we remember, Julius Caesar, Genghis Khan, you know, having stuff, they could have stopped way before they did and still be known to us today. They they found gene markers on like 30% of Asia that belonged to Genghis Khan. You realize if he did, if they did a fucking 23andMe or AncestryDNA.com on Genghis Khan, how many people that were connected to that? You know, that's a lot of fucking access to future generations as yet unknown. It's a mighty thing. And if that's what motivates you, my God, there's there's not much that could stop you. So right now, we've learned the two-step. We're tentatively thinking, ah, yeah, okay, yeah, may, let's wait a week to see what happens with the testing and Johnny Bo. Maybe he does something stupid again. He crashes. That's a possibility. Possibility. How much stupid shit did you do at 30? If you're, if you're under 30, how much stupid shit did you do last year? This is not a case for Johnny Boney Joni, but this is a case for seeing things correctly and clearly. I'm not a nut jumper on Johnny Boney Joni, but I do realize what I saw was the ultimate, the apotheosis of the game because it came from here. Those listening on the radio, I'm pointing to my head. It came from here. Now I'm pointing to my heart. And it came from here. And nobody can see this because it's below the camera angle, but I, it's coming from coming from my gut. That's it. Other guys are fighters. That's what they write on the tax returns. That's what they do. This is about some other shit. So it, it, it was. It you know I only got two. Uh, I only got two car, uh, picks right on the card. That's okay. I bet with I'm, I was a smart money. And uh, smart money goes, you know, it's not uh, the Vegas odds are in my favor. Everybody was surprised. We're not always right. I don't give a shit about that. Steph, who was my my head to head competitor this week, because Nash was out, 
Kid Nate was out, beat me by one. So uh, so let's go, let's go through it um briefly and i want to do this in the last 10 minutes the show is going to go 10 minutes over i've already talked about johnny johnny boney joni and uh and the mauler i think the mauler should leave with his head held high i don't think he should yeah getting a close decision against you makes you think all kinds of unkindly things about god you know getting beaten to fucking half to death by punches you're okay i got it i got you let me get my head around being executive gatekeeper and we'll go from there. Amanda News, Cyborg, she should get a rematch. But she's got that extra backpack now of having her the shit kicked out of her, changes her game entirely. She came in with that Curitiba, Vandalay Silva, wild winging it style. I counted two misses, uh, Amanda News, and the rest were on that big melon of Cyborgs. You're going to have a head that big hanging out with Tito. You got to get some head motion. It's not moving your head just to move your head necessarily. It's so that you can be ahead slightly of whatever punches they're coming for. The punches that you don't see are the punches that don't hurt. Amanda Nunes, still like somebody said on Twitter, yeah, let's see if the bald one puts any money into marketing and promoting her the right way now that she's a champ champ. Just bit my tongue, champ champ. But in some ways, this puts a lie to the argument of steroids and performance enhancing drugs because uh, uh, Christina Justino had been popped for, and clearly it, it, it plays on her face, you know, her voice is deeper. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't want to get into the unkind aspect of the fact that she's ruined herself with steroids, but did it matter? Did it matter? And it won't matter again because the thing is, She's event horizon. Cyborg fights her again, and the whole time through her head is, oh, my God, oh, my God. If I win this one, we get a series. But if I lose again, what happens then? What happens then? What happens then? And that kind of, you have somebody screaming in your head, what happens then? Try that. Fight through the anxiety of that. It won't help. Chiesa, I I, I fucking picked against him. I just, the haircut got me sidetracked. I, 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 I thought I saw a condit. And uh, I said, Khan doesn't can't stop being taken down, but he's good on the ground. And uh, that fucking almost ripped his arm out of the socket. That was EJJ style. Hats off to Chiesa. Hats off to Chiesa for suing the fuck out of McNuggets. I don't give a shit what you say. If that's the only way for the have-nots to get a piece of the haves, all at it. Otherwise, keep your fucking nose clean. But I understand you wanting to just be part of the kayfabe and doing what the bald one told you to do. Well, you did a little too well, and you got to pay. That's the way things work in America. Fuck you. If you didn't have a role, if you didn't have four Rolls Royces, I wouldn't be trying to get one. So I support that. I'm not, I'm not going to nap on Kiesa, even though I think he's unidimensional. And I think the people he's talking about fighting coming up are very different from a depleted uh, condit. But I don't feel bad about picking poorly on that one. It made sense to me. Condit was the underdog. I disagreed. Uh, Corey Anderson, I think, ripped off Latifi. Uh, Steph disagreed with me. I didn't see it as a unanimous decision at all. But when I look at the scores, 29-28-29-28, that means it was close. Not split, but close. I can understand him seeing that way. But now you've got the puffy nipple, dull as fuck, Corey Anderson. God, I can't stand that guy. Sorry, man. It hurts me to say that because you've done absolutely nothing wrong, but this is animal brain shit. 
I know if you rise to the top of your division and you're there fighting once a month, I don't give a shit who you're fighting. I'm just less interested. Because I don't think we're going to see the tripartite, the, the head, the heart, the soul of it. I just, I, I just think we got a guy who writes fighter on his tax returns. All right. Uh, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Chad Mendes. Chad Mendes, who is now retired. Don't know if you heard that. I just heard it from Steph. Sound thing. Volkanovsky, you know, that was a, a barn burner fight. And Chad Mendes is that always something guy. Let's call him Abraham and Strauss. A.S. Always something. There's always something. I'm glad he stopped. Just stop. Your other sports beckon, man. You got the A.S. thing going. You know, you're doing great until you weren't. Boom. And you just, that's it. I can see the soul fly out of his body. Walt Harris and Olovsky split decision. I I, I felt it. Uh, Steph felt Walt Harris soundly defeated him. Um, I. Walt Harris is going nowhere in my mind. I just didn't see any sparks of, of genius against a 39, depleted 39-year-old Andre Olosky, who I picked. I'll always pick the older fighter, but he doesn't understand. Walt Harris didn't understand what was on his plate. This was his time to do something that made people think about him positively. And winning a split decision over Olovsky, very close. I would debate whether he won or not. I'm okay. I mean, but the score is 27-30, 29-28, 29-28. I'm not seeing that, bro. But okay, I don't really care. I hear that Arlovsky's a great guy, and I love his how taste my pee-pee thing, even though I know people say he was churlish, other fighters backstage. It's not a popularity contest, or maybe it is, but I don't care. Megan Anderson, Kat Zingano, I called it. Kat Zingano, always something. Abraham and Strauss chick, sorry, I feel bad for her. But that's marked the last 10 years of her career. How many times have you said, ah, oh, Kat Zingano, feel bad for, her. like Sly Stone said, somebody you just love to learn, somebody you just love to burn. Gets burned. Wish me luck, Shamus. I got a raw deal. Kind always does. You know, uh, Anton LaVey from the Church of Satan said, you know, we have phenotypes. You ever meet people and you go, that's a sheep. It's a sheep. And I, I, I refine that and say, you ever look at a cow and been confused about whether it was a cow or not? No. It's a cow. It's not a chair or a table. It's not a wombat. That's a cow. Never confused. Cats and Gonzano, Abraham and Strauss, ANS, always something. She's got great skills. I would have loved to have seen her, but, you know, Megan Anderson, I love as well. Who did I pick? Zingano. Older fighter, been around. I thought maybe as prepared as she was going to be, it was her time. But I suspected with her, it's always something. And indeed, always something. I hear her eye is torn up. Not saying it's bullshit. I'm just saying. People you don't want to stand too close to. Shit magnets. I don't know how to, you know, a buddy of mine, got no, I got into plenty of arguments with girlfriends. Next thing I know, he's going to jail. I go, what are you talking about? Well, we were driving the van and she grabbed the steering wheel and tried to, because she wanted me to stop to pull over and I wouldn't stop because I was right on the freeway and it was raining. So she grabbed the wheel and pulled it and I pushed her off the wheel and she got quiet and got out. She got home. By the time I got back to my apartment, the cops were there. So I guess I'm just going to jail. The fuck you resign yourself to that? She tried to murder you. Did you hit her? No, I just pushed her off the wheel and grabbed it so we wouldn't crash. Going to jail. Okay. He's always something guy. Peter uh, Petrayan 
Doug Silva, uh, the Andrade, I love that. Yan can cook. If that's not his fight nickname, it should be. Good fight. I'm not going to – I'm, I'm racing against the timer. Uh, Ryan Hall and BJ Penn. We talked about it before. Said it would be sad if he wins because it means he's going to fight again and we don't need to see it. And it's going to be sad if he loses. And uh, I don't know, man. That was some masterful uh, – really, really, really masterful – fucking jujitsu and it shows me in a lot of ways um how far the game has come you think you can get your black belt and just walk around like you're a black belt i know friends who are doctors and lawyers they have to take professional development classes to indicate they still are paying attention to what's going on if you're a black belt and you're not training i don't say you have to train seven days a week nine times a week that's the craziest i got nine times a week don't say you have to do that. You're a black belt. But if you're not going at least two or three, that game is passing you by. Nathaniel Wood, Yule. Yeah, I know everybody was like, yeah, you know, Woods, it's, it's a care. Well, you know what? I didn't see it. I was, I got, well, the wife was late. So I didn't get to the fight spot. Uriah Hall, gicked extraordinaire. Needs to turn around and gatekeep because he's not going anywhere. You just can't build a franchise on a guy who's getting beat and then he's finally not getting beat. You know, Or he's winning and then he's finally not losing. I, I love the guy, but that's not the guy. Not the guy to build a franchise on. Not the guy in the Hall of Fame. He's just a guy. He writes fighter on his tax returns. Curtis Melender, I know people saying I should watch it. I hadn't didn't get in front of TV in time. Same with Montel Jackson versus Brian Kelleher, a fight I didn't care about. And that's the night. It's all she wrote. So I've gone so far over. I'm gonna have to hold off the sexiness of over 50-year-old women. Sorry, that'll come up some other time. Next week's show, maybe. Probably definitely next week's show. I don't know what you're doing for New Year's Eve, but I'm gonna spend it examining the innards of my head and make of that what you would but in any case i will see y'all next year on tuesday i don't know what's happening with if i did it if the shoes fit this week it's all chaos i know i don't have to actually be back at my desk at ozzy till i think january 2nd or january 3rd so it gets hard one of you's asked me i guess you could say your name because you left it. kevin lewis was like how can you not respond to my comments i go hey man I'm sitting around drinking Romanian liqueur. Friend of mine's father made it. It's it's sus. You're lucky I'm shaving. I really needed this vacation. I absolutely don't need to be looking at email. I'm sorry. Sorry. I know I put the shows out. I should keep a pace with the shows. I didn't. Sorry. But what happened at UFC 232? It may not feel like it because we 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 do it on a drug scale. We rate it, but it was epic. Sometimes the drugs give a kick. Sometimes they don't give a kick. This is not about this is not about the delta in this instance. This is about shit that you won't see for another ten years and that you haven't seen for the past ten. And there are ways that DC could emerge from this, winning even if he loses. He's got to get himself. To, you remember I say, I, can't, I keep waiting for a public figure who goes, so what? Now you got me. You know what the functioning element of that is? I did my fucking best. What do you want? 
I fought the guy twice. I had to know. I went three times. He fucked me up. You know what? I'm retiring, and I can live with that. Why? Because he's a shitty human being, but he's a better fucking fighter than I am. I can live with that. I, I got a gold medal or whatever medal he's got. I got an Olympic medal, went to the Olympics. I'm really, really good. I beat lots of, I'm like a, a strong number two. I can live with it. I can live with it. Embracing, these are younger men. I understand it. I've been through these phases. But understanding where you are in space, it's a better part of valor or like uh, the cat said in Magnum Force, Hal, not Hal Linden, Hal, I can't remember the actor's name. He said that a good man knows his limitations. Gustafson now knows and should be happy and satisfied and embrace that and live it. I now know I'm not going to compete in any more bodybuilding shows. I now know. I know exactly where I am. Exactly. So that's the end of the show. I went about 13 minutes over. Sorry, you know I could probably do about two hours. I'm not going to do that to you. You got families, you got friends, you got shit you got to do. If you listen to the show at work, you probably should get to work. Uh, but that that that's my take. I, I came not to 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 uh, to praise Johnny Boney Joni, nor to bury him. I just want it reevaluated. That's all. Because if you're disliking him for personal reasons, those are sound. I defend your 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 your, your willingness to to dislike him, but you got to understand that you're on some other shit. Because what's happening in terms of how he approaches the fight game, it's like oh he's fucking up. Yeah, you know, sometimes people fuck up in classrooms, right? You know who fucks up in classrooms? Fuck-ups, stupid people, and people who are way too smart for the class and are bored by being there. It may be that he's from that latter category. Time outside the cage slows to a crawl because he's thinking, or not thinking, he's being 30 years old, taking cocaine. Who among us hasn't taken cocaine? Who among us hasn't smoked a bunch of weed? Who among us hasn't crashed a car? Plenty of us haven't run away leaving an injured pregnant woman in the past. That's who among us hasn't cheated on a partner or been cheated on by a partner. I mean, we're humans. Nothing that's human should be foreign to us. I'm not even asking you, give the guy as much shit as you want. If he can't take it, go home. But realize what you're doing and why you're doing it. That's it. Show's done. V4. Ah, six. Yeah, this is number six. I can't without the computer falling off my lap. Uh, this is the uh, Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper. Thanks for listening on January 14th. January 14th, all over the world, you'll be able to get Ozzy Confidential, my new podcast. Uh, uh, the first one, I interview me. It's about me talking about steroids and about how great they fucking are, which I don't have anybody who's going to go on record. Everybody's just guilty, trembling, fearful. No, not me. I guess put it straight out. And then I interview actual real people other than me for the remainder of, of the season. Listen, you'll like it. You won't regret it. Sign up at, at Eugene S. Robinson. I don't mean sign up for the Aussie Confidential. That's on Twitter. That or That's on, on uh, uh, iTunes. That's on uh, Stitcher, everywhere you get your podcast. But if you want to get a hold of me through Twitter, we didn't do any question and answer today because it's too long. At, at symbol Eugene S. Robinson. 
If it's on Instagram, it's Mr. Sleep, the number three. But yeah, you gotta, you know, it's still velvet rope there because I gotta look into your world before I let you look into mine just to make sure you're not a spy. And otherwise, we may be back on Tuesday with uh, if I did. I think Steph is gonna go live with the care don't care, which is not really a care don't care because it's not a fight this week on Tuesday. So you got a a, a, a week chock full of uh, bloviating and prevaricating, not prevaricating. That's lying. I'm not lying. I'm telling the guy I'm the last truly free voice in America. Anyway, that's the end of the show. Thanks for sticking around as long. We'll see you. Look what you made me do. Uh...